Welcome to the Everyday Guru Podcast with your hosts, Jared and Tiffany. Each week we interview everyday gurus who are full of wisdom, love, and laughter. Hope-filled stories that need to be shared with the world. We love receiving feedback. Please share, leave a review, or best of all, a voice message. If you find value in our podcast, please consider supporting us for as little as 99 cents a month by visiting anchor.fm forward slash everyday guru forward slash support. Hey, everybody. This is Jared, the everyday guru I have with me, Tiffany. Hey, everybody. And I got a special guest, Perdeep Sangha. You're a trusted strategist and coach for businessmen, award-winning author, teaching executives and entrepreneurs how to become the complete man and live at your highest potential. So I was looking over your podcast earlier and listening to some of your episodes we really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, one of the things you really dive into is the seven beliefs that you must have if you want to succeed. Can you tell us a little bit? Can you break that open a little bit? Yeah, wow. Uh, that's a that's a, a big, basically, system that can be broken down actually into the seven beliefs as, as I talked about in the podcast. But it's really basically how people think and their belief system in order to change. So if someone wants to get from point A to point B, they need to understand that there's certain beliefs that either will help them get there or actually hold them back. And these are the seven main beliefs that will help someone achieve what they're looking for, whether it's to lose weight or have a successful business or have a, even have a successful relationship. So these are seven important beliefs that every person should have if they want to change or transform their life in some way. Okay. Could you, mm-hmm. could you go into them or break each one of them down yeah. or? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll just kind of give an overview highlight and then I'll just go into each one. And then if you have any questions, feel free to ask. But um, in a summary, here's what the seven beliefs are. The first one is that I want it or I believe it's actually worth it. That's the first one that you need to have. The second is to deserve it. So do you believe that you deserve it? The third is having the responsibility to actually make it happen. So is it your responsibility to make it happen? The fourth one is basically that you can dilute, you can actually do do it. So that's having belief in yourself that you have the abilities. And the fifth one is know howing how to achieve it. The sixth one is believing that it's possible. And the seventh one is basically having the energy to overcome challenges. So I'll just jump into the first one. Okay. Which, which is it's fairly the simplest one, which is basically um, you know you believe that it's worth it, mm-hmm. right? Okay. You really want it or you believe that it's actually worth it. So that's the initial motivation to get you moving. Because if you're sitting on the couch and and let's just say you you are looking to lose weight, for example, and but you know that sitting on the couch isn't, isn't going to help you, getting up and actually going to the gym or going to exercise wherever it is, you know, you have to have belief that it's actually worth it, that it's actually worth it for you to lose weight or be in shape. That's a fundamental piece. And for most people, they do have that belief. So this isn't one that a lot of people are kind of missing out on. Yeah, they know they should. Yeah, they know they should. But there's also an, a deeper underlying belief. And beliefs also have a degree of, you can say, variation. So you can go from loosely believing in something to having a very strong belief in, in something. And so I, you know, jokingly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of make fun of the American politics right now. <laughs> that's fine. That's uh, fine. I, I, if you heard my yeah. podcast, <laughs> yeah. So you know, if we take a look at politics, everybody has such a strong belief 
mm-hmm. in the political standing or the parties or whatever that looks like. So you can see people's degree of of belief, um, whether what it's based on their what they're posting on Facebook, how they're behaving, whether they're out there rioting, whatever that looks like. So there are there you can believe in something, but you can have a different varying belief, a degree of belief in that too. So it's important because the more you actually believe in something, more energy you put in, the more likely you are to actually succeed. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That, that, so, that makes sense, yeah. The more you believe in something, the more you're driven, either subconsciously or subconsciously. Yes, and I always ask people, you know, people will say, I believe, I believe that. Well, how ba- how strongly do you believe in that? Because that will give me some context in, to, in terms of how much motivation you actually have to move or do something. Mm-hmm. This, the second one is I deserve it. Now, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> I struggle with that one. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that a lot of people get stumped on because conceptually... So we as human beings experience the world in three different ways. We think, therefore we have thoughts. We feel, therefore we have emotions and we have energy. So that's a, that's a way of sensing. So people will conceptually, so from a thought pattern, they will tell themselves that they deserve it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they believe in it and that they have the energy. So there's a difference there. You have to be emotionally uh, in tune with actually believing that you deserve it. So you have to put everything you have from an emotional standpoint into telling yourself, hey, look, I actually believe I, I believe this, I believe it's worth it, but I also deserve it. I 100% deserve what I'm looking to achieve. Because I find that on the surface, a lot of people tell themselves that they deserve it, but underlying, they don't feel like they're good enough in some way, shape or form. Or they believe that they've done something in their past, which they are guilty of, and therefore they don't deserve to have the happiness or whatever it is today. So there's a lot of underlying stuff that's actually stopping people. Interesting enough, the majority of beliefs that people have are actually at the unconscious level. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that we're talking about here, it takes a lot of awareness. It takes a lot of, you can say, self-talk, uh, a lot of ob- self-observation to really understand what you unconsciously believe. But once you pull those up and you say, and you actually understand and you say, wow, like this belief, I didn't know I had that. And I, or I didn't know how strong or weak it was. And so when you can actually pull those to the surface, it's a lot easier to deal with. So, sorry, go ahead. The most common belief, like the unconscious belief, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, the un- most unconscious belief that people have, I would say from my experience, is that they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. In some way, shape, or form, even the highest performing guys, whether they're athletes or great in business, that perhaps they don't deserve it or they're not good enough in some other aspect of their life. So that is probably the biggest thing that I see. And unfortunately, it's 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 been driven into them by other people, by past mistakes, perhaps, past failures. Um, and it has really nothing to do with who they are today. Oh, okay. So... Right. That's usually now that happen in like all pretty much all walks of life. I imagine pretty much across the board, you probably have people that have MBAs that are struggling with that as well, or you know, from the average Joe to somebody with an MBA to somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, on- well, I'll, sh- I'll show a personal example. So I I have my MBA, mm-hmm. but I was kicking around the tires of doing my PhD this year. Okay. And and I sat there and I was I was I was all gung ho. I actually put my applications out, got accepted. And then I really sat there and thought about it. I said, Pretty, you know, this is going to be a three-year investment in this. 
And this, mm-hmm. that's a lot of time that's going to take away from my business, my family, everything that I'm doing right now. And I'm getting great momentum as it is. So mm-hmm. why am I even doing this? Um, and when I really looked deep, like I had to pull this out because at the beginning I was like, you know, there's, I've always wanted to do a PhD cause I'm, I'm kind of a, a nerd that way. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I noticed and, that too. Like, uh, on your LinkedIn, Instagram, because I follow you loosely, and I'm like, yeah, you're kind of a nerd. Like, like you know, what I mean, you love science. Yeah, I, I love it. I love learning. I love science. So that's always part of me. There's part of the credential piece, but then when I really took a look at it, I say, crap. There's that piece of me that's telling me that I'm not feeling good enough. <laughs> yeah, so I need to have enough. a PhD. That's what I have. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I coach, I consult PhDs, yet I, you know what? I, I'm not good enough. So I, I really had to take that back and actually I didn't pursue it. It's not something I'm going to do now, maybe in 10, 15 years, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's something that plagues a lot of us. Right. Yeah. And, and so the next one is really, it's my responsibility to make it happen. So this isn't necessarily something that challenges people in business, for example, because a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, um, they have this drive because they know that they're the person that can make their business successful or not successful. But I see this happen a lot in relationships. I see this happen a lot with personal life stuff where people aren't taking a hundred percent responsibility for making it happen. So for example, if, if the relationship isn't going well with your spouse, we tend to point the fingers at the other person and we tend to say, well, it's their responsibility or at least part of their responsibility to make this relationship better or get to the point where we want it to be. But you know, what happens is when you actually give that responsibility to someone else, you actually not only give up control, but you're, you're losing every aspect of accountability that you should have as a person, because it's not about being 99.99% accountable. It's about being hundred percent accountable. The more accountable and responsible you are for making it happen, the more likely you will actually make it happen. So sometimes this does happen for a lot of people. And I always tell, you know, I always ask them who's responsible for making this happen and yourself, right? Yeah. And then they'll, they'll say, well, you know, it's this person or it's my employee or that person dropped the ball. But ultimately, you know, after they've rambled and they've made every excuse in the book, (laughs) it's really, you know, they come back to that conclusion. Well, yeah, it's me. You know, if, even if that employee dropped the ball, It's my job to hold that person accountable, to coach them, to lead them along the way. And if that person continues to do it, then it's my job to put that person in a different position or replace that person altogether. Yeah, exactly. Because as a supervisor, you're ultimately responsible, like I say, for your troops. Exactly. And and 100% responsibility and accountability means that there are no excuses. There's challenges, there's roadblocks, but there can't be any excuses. Yeah, and I believe it was in G.I. Jane. If I've ever seen the movie G.I. Jane, <laughs> or if anybody as an audience, I'm sure seen G.I. Jane. The uh, drill instructor said there's no bad, was it bad people or something like that? But there's only bad leaders. I'm sure if you ever watched G.I. Remember that talking to, because she's like, I don't want to lead the you know the team, you know, come on, you know, and that's when she says the G.I. like the drill instructor said the G.I. Jane. No, there's only there's only bad leaders, not bad teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a premise that actually Jocko Willink uh, talks about in ex, you know, extreme leadership, for example, is that the person at the top always takes accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's their job to make that happen. So if you take that approach, you have more control over the situation because when you give accountability to someone else, you actually lose control. Absolutely. 
And, and, and so that kind of leads into the, the next one, which is uh, believing that you can. So telling yourself that I can do this, and this requires skills and abilities. So having belief in your own abilities is important. And if you don't have the abilities or you don't have the skills or the capacity at this time, at this moment right now, it's to build on that capacity. It's to build on those skills. So if someone is going into business, if you're going into business, but you don't have, let's just say financial skills, for example, you have to learn those skills. You have to learn how to look at a balance sheet or an income statement or a cash flow statement, mm -hmm. because that will make you that much stronger. So having that belief in your abilities is important because a lot of people can want something. They can feel like they deserve it. They know that they're responsible for it, but they just not might not have the skills for it. So for me, this is, this is an easier one to deal with or tackle when I'm working with someone because it's, it could be as simple as, Hey, look, have you read this book? Have you taken this course mm -hmm. or maybe just read up on something because those small things can actually have a, a significant impact on abilities. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes people are just not qualified for the, for the position. You know, they just don't know enough about the subject matter and all they need to do is just get educated, you know? Yes, exactly. And there's so much education out there right now on the internet um, through courses. A lot of courses are going online. You can say traditional universities are, are facing a challenge right now because their biggest competition is people out there that just have general knowledge and are putting it on the internet. But there's... Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's just, Udemy. Yeah, it's, it's easy out there to get the information. But here's the one caveat that I put out there for people is always find a, a credible source or a legitimate source of information because it is it's for that very reason i that know so i know i know the feeling oh my god yeah i saw youtube videos so now i'm an yeah. id guy <laughs> yeah. no, that's not how it works <laughs> and they come yeah. to me and they're like well on youtube it looked easy yeah but they don't show like in the car repair videos i love them you know yeah they, they do the cut you know and they do the, the fast forward yeah they don't show <laughs> what happens when you have a rusted bolt that breaks off or um, you know what i'm saying yeah open up the it's engine so it's full of rust they don't show that part they just show oh you know oh the car's back together in 10 minutes <laughs> 10 hours later you know <laughs> yeah and all the bloopers that were cut out of it right yeah right uh, i'm sure you must love I'm, I'm sure you're probably a car guy like me to some degree uh the the running infomercials on on cable tv right yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, this, this is one of my pet peeves, right? Because I, having a science background and I'm, I'm kind of a traditionalist from the standpoint of, I think that traditional education has a purpose. Um, I don't agree with it hundred percent because I think it just, it just clobbers your creativity, but it does teach you to understand the principles of research and science and having facts and figures and statistics rather than just saying what's on your mind and everybody believing that it's true. Again, another symptom of the American political system, for example. <laughs> I Next love week. it. I love it. Very and true. And you can say to the Canadian where I can, I'd get lambasted for it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. I'm on the other side of the border. Thank God it's actually shut down right now. So <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm safe. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, but it's, it's so... It's so easy for a so-called expert to share information. And that's why I'm so, I would say, critical on myself when I share information, because I want to make sure that there's research behind it, that there's some backing from a science perspective. Because, uh, you know, there's, as you mentioned before, there's people that l l look at my post, for example, and might take it the wrong way. 
and it can oh, yeah. impact their lives. It can impact their relationship or how they deal with their kids. So mm-hmm. it's very important as an influencer for people putting out this information to realize that, you know, people do believe this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. And I'm kind of like, you know, if you've ever seen my poster, I do get political at times. I, I try to try to get better at it, you know, because let's face it, you know, a lot of times left, right, whatever, if, if you're too political, you just end up pissing people off. So, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody's far left or far right, you know what I'm saying? You're not yeah, going to change yeah. their mind. So I don't know about you, but I just find it safe to put the information out there. Scientific yeah, exactly. information. That's, that's what I've been doing, especially on Facebook. LinkedIn, not so bad uh, because people, you know what I mean? A little more professional. Their employers are watching. On Facebook, it's just a, sh- I'm sorry, proverbial shit show. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. You, you got to have science in, in, in the matter. You know what I mean? You got to have science. You don't want to put out stuff that's just at, um, adding to the chaos and costing lives. Yeah, and, and even from, um, you know, I'll just have use a simple example. I'm a very, a very spiritual person myself, and I, and I incorporate spirituality in my teachings and my coaching. And w- if you take a look at the Dalai Lama, for example, a very spiritual, him, yeah. yeah, he's an amazing individual, amazing human being, and he's a very, obviously he's teaching spirituality. He's teaching life principles and philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, you know, the Buddhism is very much about spirituality. But if you take a look at what the Dalai Lama does, is he is up to speed with the latest science. He Mm. is dealing with scientists. He wants to know what's happening with brain science, with neuroscience, um, the science of emotions, all of this kind of stuff, which is pretty phenomenal for a spiritual teacher, which a lot of people think, you know, is kind of like woo-woo stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there's two extremes. I was talking to uh, one of my guests, Nat, and she's like, you can go you know, one side or the other, you can go like, you know, kind of spiritual and then go woo woo. And, and I tell people, I, I try to shoot for halfway in between with most. With most yeah, exactly. And here we have a spiritual teacher, a global spiritual teacher, which is probably that he's a, probably the most influential and, uh, and biggest spiritual teacher around the world is, uh, is using science mm-hmm. and is making sure that what he's teaching is in line with uh, what people can use in the future as well. Yeah, he's yep. definitely. He's a very remarkable person. You know, I, I follow him quite a lot. Uh, and he's all over the place, too. Like every social <laughs> media. And it's so fun. And I know, obviously, he has help. You know what I mean? I'm sure because it's such a big audience. But I'm like, it's just so amazing to see somebody, somebody his age. And, you know, what I mean, you just don't expect him to be all over the place. And he really is. You know, he probably has a team definitely working for him at some point, at least a couple helpers. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're seeing a lot of spiritual teachers come out of the woodwork now with the power of social media. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think he's probably got a couple of millennials there in the background, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, everybody's looking for hope these days oh. because we've we've progressed so much in society from a technological standpoint and a convenience standpoint, but we haven't progressed in terms of how we deal with our feelings and emotions. It's true. They, they relatively right. don't change you know what i mean emotions are emotions feelings are feelings it's just um i don't want to say how you put a spin on it but that's kind of what it is it's you know it's i don't think people are trying to reinvent the wheel some people are but i just think it's i don't know i don't know how it would break that down into a, a tangible right <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it's just everybody puts their little spin on it yeah exactly so uh i know we're kind of going in a little bit of a tangent here so yeah i'll i'll kind of jump back into oh, the, no, yeah, the definitely 
the, tr the transformational piece, which uh, the, ne the next belief is really the, the know-how. So basically how to actually achieve what you're looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so you can have this great goal, you can have awesome abilities, but you still need to have a system or a process or a framework that you, ha that you have to execute on on a daily basis to actually get to that goal. So if it's marketing, for example, is what is the marketing plan? What's the execution plan? And how do you measure yourself accordingly to make sure that you're actually making the progress? So the how-to is a very important belief. What ends up happening though for a lot of people is when they're trying to make change and they're trying to have a, a moment of transformation is that they automatically jump to the how-to first. And that kind of, you can say that deters them. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, they get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed because they don't know how to, or they look at the how to and say, wow, this is like so many things I have to do. It's like looking up at a staircase of stairs that, that let's just say a hundred stairs. If you look at the top and you say, how the heck am I going to get up there? It can be daunting. Mm -hmm. And so for someone that's starting off, it's important to not focus so much on the how to at the beginning. It's more important to focus on believing in yourself, taking accountability for it and actually um, having that motivation and drive to actually achieve it. The how-to eventually kind of sorts itself out when you actually have that motivation and you start looking and you start seeking for the answers, they actually start appearing to you. Yeah, you know, or um, have you heard of uh, the thing, sleep on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's good advice for somebody like you, but. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And this is, you know, when you say sleep on it, there's actually a science behind that too because uh, some of the biggest inventors in time, for example, Leonardo da Vinci, Einstein, you know, a lot of these people use the technique, um, I call it the think and pause technique, which is you think so hard about a topic, you do a bunch of research, and you, you basically flood your brain with a whole bunch of, uh, you can say information regarding the topic or the goal that you're trying to achieve. And then you just pause. And I what I do and what I teach is really go into a dark room and whether it's sitting on a couch or on a chair or whatever that looks like, you can lie down, but just put your mind at rest. And what ends up happening is your unconscious brain starts to take charge. Oh, and wow. it will actually mm -hmm. formulate a path for you. So when we take a look at things like hunches or intuition, right? Or these moments of, you can say, enlightenment, when you're in the shower and you have this amazing idea, it's, it's your unconscious brain actually sending that information up to your conscious brain. Wow. So sleeping on it is exactly what's actually happening is you know you're allowing your brain to actually think effectively yeah oh absolutely or yeah how many times have um if you told somebody i know i have is also break stuff down like you know what i mean like little bits little mm -hmm. take a big step problem, by step step by step yeah don't get overwhelmed on you know the final product solve the the immediate problem in front of your face yeah, exactly. That is so important what you just said there, because again, going back to the staircase analogy, if you're looking at the entire staircase, it can be overwhelming, but that first step you can take and it doesn't feel like anything at all. Yeah. And then pretty soon you're down the stairs. Yeah, exactly. And or, so, um, uh, you know, I, I like that idea of what, what you just said, one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Definitely. Which, which uh, you know, kind of leads to the next piece. Again, this, I would say this is another piece that a lot of people struggle with, which is, believing that it's possible. 
Oh yeah. And so I, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, it's because they don't believe. Hey, I'm nobody special. You know, I don't have the education. They they have all these excuses that they use. Exactly, and that belief that it's possible, or they've worked their butts off and they're not seeing the results, and they say, "I don't mm. know if it's possible." Yeah, they give up. Right. Yeah, and then this. Well, I'll just give you an example. I was just on a call uh, with one of my clients prior to having this call with you guys, and uh, this is one of the big things that just popped up. He was working at it for twelve months, and he wasn't seeing the results, and he started to question his belief mm. in whether it's possible or not. Now we broke it down, and we we identified a very specific element that was holding him back. It was just the lack of focus because he was spreading himself thin. Mm-hmm. and not doing the activities that he needed to do and being as productive. So it was totally possible. He just wasn't taking the right approach, which goes back to the how-to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Time man- and a lot of it's time management too, and I, I'm guilty of it. I think we all are guilty of it, you know? Well, yeah, it's time management. It's really uh, productivity because, it, it, again, he said when I asked him what his biggest challenges were, and he basically said, you know, um, uh, focus and time. And in reality, you can't change time, no, right? Time no 20, you can't change it, but what you can change is your productivity. And productivity really comes down to one particular thing, which is the demand that you put on yourself and the focus. Mm-hmm. And what I see in most people these days, and this is this is plaguing people uh, from a societal perspective, and I, I talk about this adamantly, uh, and I'm very passionate about this topic, is that we have become a society of people that cannot focus anymore because we're bombarded by social media, we're bombarded by all this information that's being thrown at us. Every marketer is trying to capture our attention and and these tech companies know how to capture your attention and take you off focus because they're using neuroscience. Oh my God. Right, right. So can you, can you break that down a little bit more? I mean, I, I know obviously we have a lot of distractions in our smartphones. Um, but can you can you break down because yeah. that's always kind of fascinated me. Uh, well, yeah, and if if the listeners, if you if you haven't watched the Social Dilemma, I highly encourage you to watch it. Um, I don't know, Jared and Tiffany, if you've watched it watched it on Netflix. I have not yet. No. I would highly well, I'm encourage gonna do it you, after we get off this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially for kids, right? You know, um, being a parent, it's so important because the next generation, you know, someone our age, we have grown up without technology and smartphones in our pocket, mm-hmm. but the new kids are not, and it's having a detrimental impact. Oh, but basically, what, absolutely. Yep. I mean, it's just, God, I can't tell you how good backup cameras are to have nowadays. Yeah. Everybody's like, it's like, honestly, it's like the walking dead at Walmart. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. If you go into any restaurant, you'll see couples that are having dinner, but they're texting other people right? or kids that are on iPads or whatever, because the parents don't want them to misbehave and want to cap, you know, keep their attention focused on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But here's, here's basically what they've done. And this is, this started a number of years ago and, and, Uh, What they've done is they've actually recruited some of the best, you can say, behavioral scientists and neuroscientists. So when I say they, organizations like Apple, Facebook, Instagram is part of Facebook, but even Amazon, for example, they've they've basically bought these people to help build their platforms and their apps based on how your brain functions. Wow. Yeah. So what they do is, for example, that whole system of liking a post or even putting a post up and waiting for someone to like your post and comment is based on how your brain works. So any that like button is probably the biggest, I would say the best invention that Facebook ever came up with because it got people hooked. Because what they 
what happens is when a person actually hits a like button and you see that like button as a person who is actually, you know, you're the person that's posted it and someone mm-hmm. likes your post, it gives you an instant dopamine hit. So right. there's a neurochemical. Yes, I heard about brain. that. I have heard yeah. about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 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 So basically what that does, it's like, you know, it's like taking a snort of cocaine. But at a lower dose, <laughs> and seriously, that's what ends up happening. Book, and, right? Yeah. And sometimes, honestly, it's probably even equivalent, because some people get so ramped up when they post something and someone likes it that they get all jittery and they're like, "Oh my God, you know, someone's like my post," and that what that does is that it drives a, an addictive behavior, mm-hmm. and once that addictive behavior becomes a part of your daily life, it just becomes a habit, and it does. You don't even know that you're part of it. So, how many times have you? reach for your phone without even consciously thinking about it many times <laughs> uh, although he was going to be the first one to say that <laughs> right and i find myself doing that too and it's just mm-hmm. so crazy but it's your unconscious brain you're just you've built that habit and they've done that they've done that on purpose you know iphone was a great invention but it was also i i'm a total i love technology i think it's progressed society to such a degree but i think that iphone platform has downgraded society to so significantly because they've built a platform for people to get addicted you know you build an app and so the whole way technologists are building apps is not only for productivity but their number one purpose is to get you addicted yeah they want you on the app all the time yeah because it makes them money exactly and if we take a look and we say hey look facebook is doing it for um any other reason other than money Think again. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, right? And, then, and then, of course, you know, on the other flip side of the coin, they to, to uh, negate that. Well, I'm trying to get the word down my mouth here. Bleh, um, the the PR, the bad PR, they put, oh, Facebook's doing this. They're doing this. This is great. This is awesome. You know what I mean? They're trying to minimize what they're doing, you know, by, by giving money away, by supporting all these great causes. <laughs> and I, I tell people that's a distraction. I mean, it's great that oh. they're doing it, but they're kind of doing it to kind of, you know. Oh, totally. If you take so here's what happened in Canada, one of the provinces, <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook definitely did not adhere to the privacy policy in Canada in one of the provinces, and they were sued and they lost. Um, but the fine was only a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that's chump so, change. That's yeah. like that's like I'm spending a dollar bill at the dollar store. Exactly. So Facebook knew that they were breaking this privacy law. Mm-hmm. They continued to do it and they'll continue to do it because, hey, look, if they have to fork out a hundred grand every once in a while, that's nothing to them. Right. Yeah. The, it, they make it, millions it, off that data. What do they care? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, this all comes back to focus because mm-hmm. the more focused you can be um, and and there's a word, well, there's two words that I think are just kind of a lost art these days. And And my wife and I have this conversation all the time not only from a parenting perspective, but also our relationship with each other. Um, and she reminds me as well, I'm guilty of it, but it's the principle of <laughs> undivided attention. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and and everybody is guilty of it these days. And, mm-hmm. and one of the biggest culprits is smartphones. Right. Yep. And we've been trained to be that way. And focus is, I would say, it's almost becoming a lost art. But if you want to have an advantage over your competition, uh, the simplest way to do it these days is literally is to be focused. I'm telling you, like 90% of the population is not focused and they're losing out on productivity. They're losing out on engagement. They're losing out on so much 
that you could just outbeat people. You can have an organ, a business and outpace your competition just by making sure your employees are focused. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but uh, that's, that's, that's a hell of a thought, you know? It's- yeah, it's, it's because a lot of people in a normal business these days, there is a ton of waste that goes in in a business where you do things that doesn't generate revenue. But now you see people that are on, you know, Facebook and smartphones and all these apps that's just adding to it. And so that's actually taking away from productivity. But I know we're kind of going on a on a side spin that's okay. here. That's fine. I mean, that's totally fine. I, I kind of appreciate the break. I like kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, the focus is so important. I think that's one of my big messages here is just yeah. be focused, be present, mm-hmm. right. and give un- undivided attention to what you're doing, whether that's a person or a task, because that will help you with your, your, um, your progress. Because, again, change is about getting things done. It's about results. And going back to that same conversation that I was talking to you about the client that I, I was talking to, yeah. what we identified was that he wasn't focused. And just by having undivided attention to the task in front of him, he was actually going to increase his product significantly. Therefore, he would make change and transformation that much easier for himself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and kind of breaking down more about your fo- about focus is um, <laughs> tell the audience both our phones are on the charger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we do that every, you know, kind of like a rule that I just set right now. Phones go on a charger now that she finally got a slim case that she can, get, can go on my uh, my quick charger. So and I and I always make sure because you know what happens is during an interview I had it I was so embarrassed I had it go off three times I didn't even realize that it was on on or worse it's on vibrate and you hear it vibrate on the table. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, put your yeah. smartphones on the table, charge them, put them on airplane mode if you have to. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So. And, and then that, that really comes down, actually, it's a, it's a very important perspective or a concept that leads into the last part, which is, I would say, if anything, uh, this is one of the things that is, isn't, most people aren't, aren't consciously aware, but is one of the most important aspects of making change and transformation, which is having enough energy to overcome challenges. Because there will always be roadblocks. There will always be challenges, whether that's a person in your life or something's not working or, you know, you're you're one of your biggest clients leads your business, whatever that might be, you have to have enough energy to overcome those challenges. But you can't have, your energy is diluted when you're not focused. So it's important to be laser focused on what you're you're trying to achieve because that will give you more energy. And, And here's the analogy that I use is a lot of people are living like an octopus. They have their <laughs> tentacles in so many That's different great. things, right? Yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it to some degree, I think. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people are living and it's becoming the norm. And that shouldn't be the norm because if you're more like what I call an ax, right? The ability for an ax to split wood comes from one particular uh, principle, which is putting all the force into a very small unit being laser focused mm-hmm. on yes. the edge of that axe. Yeah, so you bring all that mo- that momentum, that physics, and you're, and you're focusing it into that sharp blade, which is splitting the wood. Exactly. And you can, you know, if you put the same amount of energy into a sledgehammer, it's not going to have the same effect because that energy is spread out. Right. But yeah. you put it into an axe and it splits it really easily. The same thing happens when it comes to your challenges. Because if you're constantly thinking about the challenge, let's just, you know, this happens a lot for entrepreneurs and people, you're thinking about the challenges in your business, but then you're, you're having challenges in your relationship or your kids are not behaving at school. 
your energy goes to all these different places. And so the obstacles in front of you become that much bigger. You don't have as much energy to tackle that one big thing that you need to tackle. So sometimes you do have to put those things aside mentally for a short period of time and say, how do I put as much energy as possible into this one thing that I need to tackle right now? And that can have a significant impact. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it goes again into focus, focusing on one specific task at a time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then it also comes down to, are you taking care of your health? Um, Are you eating properly? Are you exercising? Because all of these things have an impact on your energy. And here's, here's one of the reasons why is because life for me and and for my personal experience and in my coaching experience and working with many people is that life and success really comes down to a series of decisions and actions. That's what it is. You're constantly making decisions and you're constantly taking actions. So the better you are at making decisions and the more effective you are at taking action, the more likely you will actually achieve your outcome. But what does that require? Both require energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and most a lot of people don't realize that the process of making a decision actually consumes energy. Your brain actually consumes 20% of your daily energy, your wow. body's energy. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so when you are not in a high energy state, or let's just say you're tired or you haven't eaten properly throughout the day, that actually impacts your cognitive function, which impacts your decision-making ability. You will not make effective decisions if you're in a low energy state. So one of the principles that I use personally myself is I don't make any important decisions about business after 7 p.m. Because after 7 p.m., I'm already in a relaxed state anyways. I'm chilling out with my family. But I already know that I'm tired. I don't have as much energy as I did throughout the day because I've been making decisions. I've been working on my business. I've been doing a number of things. So therefore, I don't have that same mental capacity to make effective decisions. I used to uh, find that when I was in at night and I would start thinking about business, Mm -hmm. I would have these weird and crazy thoughts. Like I'd be like, uh, you know, maybe I'm not good enough for this or I'd pick out all the negative things. Yeah. I've done that too. I noticed mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Like at night, especially when you go to think about something like say eight, nine o'clock, I'm like, Oh yeah, I I think I want to try. Oh no, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough education. I can't do this. You know, you're right. I think, yeah, more negative self-talk. Yeah. More negative self-talk. And that's because you don't have the energy to actually think uh, I'm not going to say you're not you're not thinking properly, but to make those stay in that high cognitive state where you're making effective decisions, you just don't have that energy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always tell people, if you're going to make an important decision, make sure you're in a high energy state. Make sure you're in an optimistic state, first of all. Make sure that you've eaten properly and had enough water, You know whether you've exercised during the day, because exercise actually helps blood flow into your brain, which is important. Yeah, that so, goes back to holistic health. My, exactly. Uh, friend, I'll give her a shout out. Jana Short. She runs the uh, Oh My Oh My Help. There's Hope or something. Oh, I got that right. She's gonna kill me if I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh My Help. There's Hope. There, I got it right. I hope I did. And Jana, please forgive me if I screwed it up. But uh, she <laughs> talks all about holistic health, and she has a lot of experts on her uh, podcast. And and you know, it's, it's all tied in. You know what I mean? It's it's you know, it's all one soup. You know, taking care of your yeah. body, your emotional health, everything. It's all one like. I think can of soup. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people talk about not having enough time. 
And for me, I used to believe that when I was younger, I don't believe that anymore because it's not necessarily not having enough time. It's what you actually get done, the results that you achieve within that specific time period. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to two things. It, it comes down to not only the focus that you have, the demand that you put on yourself, but also the energy that you have. And so if you, it, it's kind of like a formula for me, whereas productivity is, is um, or, or, you know, results is a combination of demand, which is, you can say, um, uh, you know, your focus times the energy that you have. And so if you focus on those two things, you'll get more done in less time. And therefore you can have more time to spend with your family, enjoy your life, because that's important as well, because a lot of people spend, uh, and here's a study that was done, is that uh, they took a look at employees and, and people's productivity is after 55 hours of work per week, uh, they compared 55 hour work week of employees and 70 hour work week. There was virtually little, little difference in productivity and wow. outcomes. That makes sense because you're tired, right? Yeah. And you're not achieving that much more. So that's why taking breaks is important. I call them sprints. If you're going to yeah. work, right, work hard, work your butt off for five days, take the weekend off, or, you know, maybe it's two weeks for you or a month, take a month off, whatever works for your schedule and your lifestyle. It's important to recoup because that re-energizes your energy. And we are all running on energy. We have chemical energy. We have, you can say electromagnetic energy. We have electrical energy running through our bodies. Uh, you know, it's really fascinating. And I'm again, I'm going down another rabbit hole. That's okay. But it's all good. We've if, got time. It's all good. If we're taking a look at the neuroscience of our body, we have trillions of cells in our body. And these cells require energy to run effectively. That's why we have these little energy plants in our cells called mitochondria. And if those mitochondria aren't working effectively, that cell's not going to work effectively. And therefore, we're not going to be effective as human beings. So it's important to keep that energy level high. There's so much research coming out when it comes to the energy levels of cells. Um, I'll just use an example. Mm -hmm. My wife actually introduced this to me, which is uh, an infrared, infrared and near, or sorry, near infrared and red light therapy, mm -hmm. which I've heard of basically, that. Yeah, yeah, and we use it. And I honestly, I've been using it for a few months now, and it's actually helped me significantly in terms of muscle repair and tissue repair and reducing inflammation. But what that does is it just re-energizes the mitochondria and your cells. So your cells do what they're supposed to do, which is heal your body. Interesting. Um, how does it work? Is it like, is it just a, a light that you just put above you when you sleep or? Well, you do it for 20 minutes at a time maximum. And it's just like a, it's this panel of light that you sit in front of and it just shoots inf near infrared and red light therapy at you. So you, you sit anywhere from, you know, four to eight inches away from it and on whatever body part you want to energize. So in that particular area, so, f you know, for me, for example, I have a, uh, I have a bad back from working out and I've, and I was struggling with it for a long time. So I use it for my back and it's actually helped significantly for my knee. Um, so I, I do it religiously every single day and I've, I've found some great results. Interesting. That's amazing. I guess all I'm going to share that with after the podcast. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, get, you know, get an expert on her show and they can break that down to the more. That's, that's <laughs> interesting because I think I've heard about it with green light, but red light. Maybe or maybe I just got the two mixed up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. typically red light yep. because it there's a secret certain frequency that just energizes the mitochondria in your cell. Yeah. So exactly. it, it's really cool what technology is coming down to. But in a, in a nutshell, energy is so important, and I firmly believe, uh, you know, that energy is our most important resource that we have as human beings. Yeah, right. I would no, agree I with agree. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, only it's like um. It's like a gas in a gas tank, right? You know, you got full and then you got empty. <laughs> and, you, and and I, and, the, and the general rule of thumb is you don't want to get past much past a quarter because it makes your fuel system work harder from your fuel pump. And then, you know, you're sucking up all the crap from the bottom of the tank. So that's the kind yeah. of analogy I use to people, you know? Yeah, that's a great analogy. I like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, that's why I call myself the – because people call me that. Like, you know, you're like the guru. And I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> and it just kind of stuck and you know and it's funny because you know my business is uh you know gu- guru tech services and it just kind of caught on and again like, yeah. so like when i think of you you're kind of like the you know my guru you know i i follow you and you know see what you're up to and you know your words of wisdom in, in the business world because you know there's so many different sources and what i like about going to you is you fact check it which i really appreciate you don't just you know put something out there that you don't research yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And as I said before, you know, we have a responsibility. I think everybody in general has a responsibility um, to really make this world a better place, right? Because right. there's so there's so much happening now, and and that's actually the, a big part of why I do what I do. I think because I work specifically with men as well, and and men's leadership, um, I I would like to see guys step up in a stronger role and be more mindful of the impact that we have on this world. Because you know our kids are listening, people are listening, and every word counts. Oh, absolutely! I didn't. Very true. I tell my mom, I'm like, God, nobody really cares about what I say. I'm just a little guy, and my mom kind of like gives me the eye roll, like, yeah, people do listen to what you say, and they do yeah. observe it. You know what yeah. I mean? People. You have a responsibility. Yeah, you do, yeah. especially like locally in the community. You know, people I don't even know they come up to me and they act like, oh, you know, and I, I find it flattering. But they act like they know me. I'm like, oh crap! They're probably talking about <laughs> social media. You know what I mean? That's it's just, awesome. It's, it's just funny when, when people are in sync. You know how it is. Like when people are just in sync. You know, people just, you know, that melting of the mind. And you don't realize that. Oh, it's okay. It's probably, especially with social media. It's so funny. And I'm sure you've you've had it locally in your um community. People come up to you and they're like, oh, you know, like and then, then I had somebody at a bar do it to me once. Like repeat my oh. whole life story. Oh, like, this is just <laughs> creepy you know what i mean and, I, and i'm like well i guess i'm gonna have to you know so on social media i've kind of tuned it down a little bit you know it's like i don't want to be flattered or scared you know? <laughs> oh that, that's awesome so, so yeah but I, i'll let you go i know you're i know you're a super busy guy and i enjoy talking to you and i hope we can do it again sometime yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity being yeah, here. This ab- has been a great conversation. Absolutely. And before I let you go, is there anything that you want to plug, anything you're working on? I, I always try to give, you know, people at the end to kind of let the audience know what they're working on, what uh, what Yeah, uh, absolutely. I've been actually this year I took the opportunity of COVID to uh, really write my next book. So I'm I'm super excited awesome. about that. Yeah, it's called The Complete Man and it's uh, for basically every guy out there that wants to have a complete life and so that'll be released in december i'm super excited and yeah, i'm gonna and, read uh, that yeah. very nice yeah jared that's i'll put great. you on a list i'll actually send you a pre-release copy yeah that's great i mean i was just gonna say i mean no, sorry you don't see enough of that in society i don't think as as men you don't see a lot of books written for men 
I think. Yes, exactly. And so that that's one of the purposes here is just to really show men that, you know what, you don't have to struggle in life. Um, there's a better way of doing things. There's a better way of feeling complete because most people, and this and this goes to women as well, feel incomplete in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. And that and you don't need to go through life feeling that way. And you can have everything that you've always wanted. There's just a, a certain system, like the one I shared today, in terms of the seven beliefs you need to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you that, for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that will help you get there. So I'm excited about the book. Yeah. Um, is there a website where people can learn about the book, or do you have a, a general website that you can share with the audience? Yeah, it will be called, um, well, we don't have the website up and running yet, but it will be completemanbook.com. Okay. And uh, because we're still going through the editing phase, but that's where someone can go. Or you can actually text 888-210-5566. If you text the word free, um, I will uh, make sure that we're giving away digital copy, a pre-release copy to people as well. So um, listeners can actually get a a digital copy for free. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll actually send you a hard copy. So if you can give me your information, if you don't mind emailing me, I can actually send you two uh, uh, hard copies. Oh, great. That'd be awesome. That I'll would def- be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah I'll definitely uh, I'll, I'll show that on my Instagram that I never use. <laughs> but I, I'm, 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 I love LinkedIn. I love, uh, well, on, on Twitter, I don't really get that too much, but definitely LinkedIn. I, I, I don't know what your favorite platform is, but I, I like LinkedIn. Yeah, you know what? I'm starting to like LinkedIn a lot more now. It is. Um, a lot of cool people like you on it. Yeah, Instagram, I'm kind of tired. Facebook, I'm kind of done with. No offense, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like everybody yeah. feels that way. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just yeah, it's just too much. Like I said about quote shit show. So yeah. yeah, but I love LinkedIn, and I well, one thing I like about LinkedIn the most is it's just meeting people like you. You know, just you know, hey, what's up? How's it going? Hey, you know, blah, 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 you know, and you just have a. It's like kind of getting back to our roots in society, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm sure we'll be conversing a lot more on LinkedIn. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, anything that you want to add, just you know, let me know and I'll add it in the show notes. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank I you. hope you guys have a uh, great day. Yeah, you too. you too. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Take care. Take care.